7.44 on your Friday morning, and it is indeed a busy weekend for sports. Of course, we've been talking about the NHL All-Star festivities that are happening, and as well, little local hockey. The Regina Pats are in action tonight at the Brand Center, welcoming the Swift Current Broncos. Puck drop for that game goes at 7 o'clock tonight, and that comes after a bad loss the Saskatoon Blades for the Pats earlier this week on Wednesday, losing 9-1. to Yikes. And then again, Pats, they are back in action Sunday, again at home at the Brand Center. They'll take on the Red Deer Rebels beginning at uh, just after 4 o'clock. Puck drop goes that afternoon. Certainly a busy time at Real District with Frost continuing to go on as well. Lots of various activities. We're seeing skating rinks across the province as we've been talking about as well. Uh, not... They're going down because of this warm weather. Let's face it, nine across the city, according to the city of Regina yesterday. They're trying to maintain the ice as best as they can, but when you have highs of seven, eight, nine degrees uh, pretty well the entirety of this week, and now through the weekend, yeah, it's hard to keep that ice up. And speaking of ice, curling, the provincial men's playdown, the tankard is happening in Saskatoon. Nutana Curling Club. The winner of that, remember, represents Saskatchewan at the Briar, which, by the way, is here next month in Regina at the aforementioned Brand Center. So a big weekend for men's curling, and whoever ends up winning. Got a couple Regina rinks in the mix in this one. Kelly Knapp, Josh Bryden, Garrett Springer, they'll try to represent the province. Saskatchewan hasn't won a Briar in what, more than 40 years? Was it the early 80s, the last time that's a team from Saskatchewan won the Briar? Be nice to do it at home when we have home ice advantage. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, I don't know. And remember, uh, when it comes to the CFL, you know, back to football for a moment, and CFL, the free agency window of negotiation, that opens on Sunday. Not free agency itself, that's the 13th, but uh, yeah, we'll see what kind of talks General Manager Jeremy O'Day will have with uh, maybe would-be riders. CJME News Time is now 7.46. The 7.50 on your Friday morning. Kevin Martell in once again for Greg Morgan. He'll be back. Early next week, Tuesday of next week. Do you think Phil's going to come out and see a shadow? Punks a tiny Phil. That's right, woodchuck chuckers. It's Groundhog Day. Yeah, we have an update on whether Punks a tiny Phil, Shubanakity Sam, Wyerton Willie saw their shadows. They did not see their shadows, we can tell you this morning on this Groundhog Day, which means we say goodbye to winter a little earlier. The most scientific. <laughs> Study out there, right? Groundhogs. But come on, let's face it. This week, we were already in spring. We already had an early spring. Maple Creek, it's been spring all week long, setting record after record in the southwest part of the province in that community. Ten records fell across the province yesterday, including Maple Creek, getting up to more than 15 degrees there. They saw 21 high the other day. Unreal. Regina close to a record yesterday, but not one of the 10 communities to break that record. But as we've been talking about, Regina, other communities with the forecast today and 
through the weekend, we could see even more warm records broken. Unreal. They sure had a warm day yesterday. Teachers, at least those that were part of the rotating strikes. Vehicles honk in support. Rotating strikes impacted a number of school divisions around Moose Jaw, the Battle Fords, and Prince Albert. Some 3,000 teachers were back on the picket line. Some carried signs that read, Our kids deserve more than Band-Aid solutions. And invest in our future. Fund our schools. It also impacted some 35,000 students, according to the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation. Grade 8 student, Rhett Kaywood in North Battleford says he wants to see the teachers' union in the province back at the bargaining table. I feel like this has gone on for way too long. Like, they need to start talking again. And PA grade 12 student Madeline Remy explained there are 40 kids in her physics class, and so her teacher comes in early to answer questions. He comes in at 8 to help us out, but he's not paid to be there at 8, and it's because we need that extra help because our class is so big. Remy worries what will happen if contract talks drag on much longer. It affects all of our future, especially like us that are in grade 12. I'm in a university pre-cal class. If I miss 10% of my class, I don't pass it. The SDF's pushing for a new contract to include, as you've been hearing, class size and complexity. Now, the Mo government doesn't want that in this contract, saying that should be up to each local school division to figure out instead of versus having something province-wide. Coming up this morning, as we heard from Evan Bray a little bit earlier, Education Minister Jeremy Cockrell will be on live with Evan just after the 8.30 news, so a little bit more in half an hour's time. When you talk about the rotating strikes... We don't know what's next. So we had those communities impacted yesterday. Regina, Saskatoon were not included, but the STF said that it was the beginning of rotating strikes, which means if they're rotating, what's the next community? And, and I guess the big question is when? We haven't heard anything from the STF so far. Will it impact you? Will it impact your kids next week? We are still in the learn on that. We don't know. Hopefully, we'll get some of the answers so you can plan a little bit better. Yesterday, we did get uh, somewhat of an answer when it came to former SAS Party MLA, Ryan Dometer. His charge got stayed, effectively ending his case. This was a charge related to paying for sex, remember. Dometer's legal team says he completed a prostitution offender program. The Crown lawyer says they were satisfied with the completion of program. Remember, he was arrested in November when Regina police conducted a human trafficking sting. Hey, as well, from yesterday, the National Chief of the Assembly of First Nations says the James Smith Cree Nation mass stabbing could have been avoided had there been an equitably funded police service there. You've been hearing about this this morning in Andrew Shepard's newscast. Cindy Woodhouse says the now-finished coroner's inquest shows Ottawa must return to the table to negotiate long-promised legislation declaring Indigenous policing an essential service. One of the recommendations to come out of that inquest was for the Cree Nation to establish a local police force in a timely fashion. 29 recommendations in all. And keep in mind they're non-binding. They're not mandatory recommendations. We'll see if corrections, if police, if governments act on these recommendations, how long will it take them? CJME News Time is now 7.55.
8.14 on your Friday morning. Thanks for waking up with me, Kevin Martell, and for Greg Morgan. Greg will be back next week on Tuesday. Another 10 records across the province yesterday broken when it came to heat and warmth, and this is something that we've seen all week long. Every day we've had records for warmth set across the province. Maple Creek yesterday getting to 15.8 degrees, where, let's face it, it's been spring all week. Moose Jaw, just down the road from us, hit 14.3. Regina, again, was close to a record. Not quite, though. We're joined now by Environment Canada senior climatologist, David Phillips. Morning, David. What's with all these records for warmth? Oh, Kevin, it's quite unbelievable. <laughs> what a what a weather whiplash from some record cold that we saw just, uh, you know, two, two and a half weeks ago to, to, to record warm. And it's not just been cold and warm. It's been record cold and record warm. I mean, really uh, incredible flip-flop. And um, uh, we saw earlier in the month uh, temperatures. We have minus 50 wind chills for 36 hours. But boy, we've seen some record warm temperatures. Even in Regina, uh, we've seen a couple of records already this week. And this weekend, my gosh, Kevin, I looked after, looked over the 140 years of records in, in uh, Regina, and I've never seen um, February the 3rd, February the 4th, a warmer than what we're forecasting it to be. Now, we'll have to see whether that forecast pans out, but it doesn't even seem to be close. I mean, the we're calling for uh, temperatures that could be you know, one and a half to two degrees warmer than the previous record. So this is quite, quite incredible. And these temperatures would be more kind of what you'd expect in the second week of April, not the, the beginning of February. So quite, quite dramatic. And it just shows you, Kevin, the swing around from what polar vortex brought us in, uh, in sort of middle, mid-January and um, and to now where it's more, you know, tropical El Nino. Uh, and, and really, that is the, the flavor of the uh, of the winter. It's either been one or the other. And, and most often, it's the El Nino that's dominated. And that's why we're seeing uh, even January came out to be in Regina about a half a degree to a degree warmer than you would normally be in spite of those, you know, those eight days where temperatures were, were brutally cold. Environment Canada's David Phillips joining me this morning. Dave, will this warming trend continue through the rest of the winter? That's the big question. Well, Kevin, I think it's wise to think that winter is not over. Now, it doesn't mean, typically from this point on, I mean, most of your cold days for the winter occur up to the, up to February the 1st. But you still uh, get about 40% of your annual snowfall occurs after the 1st of February. We need some of that, Kevin. We, I think farmers and ranchers, gardeners would, would love some more precipitation. So that would be kind of a good news uh, situation. But often, Kevin, when the, when the, when the cold weather comes back, it doesn't, it's not as intensely cold and it doesn't last as long. It doesn't have like two weeks of it. You might have a week of it or five days of it. And so my sense is clearly the back of winter is broken, but I, I think we, we would uh, be, be, you know, I think we'd be disappointed if we thought that this was it, that we've already had winter and it lasted 10 days. No, no. 
I think, and, and our models seem to suggest this week and next week look warmer than normal. My gosh, temperatures that are, you know, 15, 16, 17 degrees warmer than they should be for this time of the year. But then after that, Kevin, say the middle of February on, it turns a little colder, but not really cold. It turns more seasonable temperatures, which would be, you know, temperatures, say, during the day about maybe minus 5, minus 6, and at night maybe about minus double digits. So so all you're going to go from this warmth, it'll feel like a like a, an Arctic front, uh, but it'll still be temperatures that would be seasonable for this time of the year. And, and Kevin, the days are getting longer by three and a half minutes a day. So my gosh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of good news. I tell you, we're noticing it uh, certainly in the newsroom. Yeah. I noticed it uh, the other day. What about um, with this being like an El Nino winter, David, freezing rain, is that something that we have to watch for with some of these milder attempts? You know, that's a good point. I think you're right. I mean, we've seen some places, for example, in the in Yukon and Northwest Territories, freezing rain. They didn't even know what that was. Here in the east, we're, we're familiar with that. It's that little pinging of your, on your window pane of these little ice balls. And, and that's it. When you have that kind of battle that takes place between the cold air that often is heavy and dense like molasses and sits on the ground, and then above it is the warm air. And sometimes that warm air has the, the rain, and it falls through that cold air, and it turns to those, those ice balls, either ice pellets or freezing rain. So that's always a risk. It's not a huge risk in, in western Canada. Canada, but boy, with this kind of uh, of uh, warm, cold air duking it out, it, it becomes a more a more of a possibility. Well, David, I will be sure to have my flip flops and potentially even the shorts on this weekend here in Regina. Appreciate your time as always, my friend. Have a great weekend. Okay, Kevin. You too. Bye bye now. Just chilling on the weekend, weekend, sipping something on the cheap end. 824, you'll be seeing a lot of one Bill Murray today. Morning! Love to see the groundhog? Yeah. Think it'll be an early spring. Didn't we do this yesterday? I don't know what you mean. <gasps> don't mess with me, Porkchop. What day is this? It's February 2nd. Groundhog Day. Yeah, we have our predictions from, well, three of the main ones. When it comes to Groundhog Day, Shubanakity Sam, Puxitani Phil, and Wyerton Willie did not see their shadows, which means we say goodbye to winter a little earlier. Nice early spring. This week, though, it's already here. We know that. Now, the warming trend continues for the weekend. Lots of stuff going on for the weekend. We've already mentioned Frost Festival. Lots of events still going on, despite some of the skating rinks being closed. The Gatzlaff connection will be reestablished on the ice tomorrow in Saskatoon. Chris and Ryan Gatzlaff, they'll be on the same team for the Riders Foundation Winter Classic, a charity hockey game. Chris says it's been a while since the two Regina boys have played in a game on the same team. I believe the last time was for the Usher Unicorn, so that's that's a lot of years ago now. So getting out there and, uh, I mean, I had a lot of fun at the event last year, and it's going to be that much better with uh, with Ryan there. Uh, tickets for the charity event are available online. Staying in Saskatoon, our Jamie Nye is there for the tanker, the men's provincial hurling playdowns. The winner will represent the Briar, which, of course, is right here in Regina next month already. See if we can uh, end the drought for Saskatchewan team to win the Briar. It's been, what, more than 40-some-odd years Speaking of the ice, the Brand Center, Regina Pats play tonight, hosting the Swift Current Broncos. Puck drop just goes after 7 o'clock tonight. This is 
coming off a 9-1 loss to the Blades for the Pats, so uh, they'll try to turn things around. And then they are back there on Sunday afternoon hosting the Red Deer Rebels. Puck drop for that game goes just after 4 o'clock. So all kinds of activities on, and we've been talking about it a lot on the show as well. NHL All-Star Weekend is on. The game, the skills competition, which is the one that I'm always really, I always enjoy watching the skills competitions, and I've always thought leagues should just, you know, do people, enough people watch the games anymore? Should they just scrap the games and put everything into the skills competition? I hear the winner gets $1 million for the skills competition. Not bad. Uh, hardest shot. Gotta love that. And that goes back to the Ally Afraidy days of 1993 when he was winning that. And a little bit later on, Zidane Chara, he was, he was really good with that. And so we'll have that. We'll have the fastest skater event. That's always fun to see. Skills competition, lots going on this weekend. CJME News Time is now 827.